<laughs> hey universe, it's 444 on 821-22. Well, that 22 stuff, I don't know, but it, whatever. It's 444, so that's cool. Enough for us to get together and have a chat. Because universe, once again, too many things going wrong not to notice and wondering what it all means. But first... I think it's time my dreaming in blue about goats that are golden got over my super lemonade haze officially. So I'll be right back. Okay, you hear that, right? That is a propane tank flame coming out at full volume that is currently lighting my titanium nail. It's relevant later, so that's why I'm introducing you to the volume of impact this torch actually creates. Okay. <clears throat> I don't even have this one figured out in terms of how to try to present it all. Um, but I know that I'm consumed with three things. No, I'm making up the number three. I don't know if I'm consumed with three things. But here's what I know is knowing something versus understanding it that drill down that little rabbit hole of consequence I've been fighting with that one um, I have been fighting with the uh, idea that I press too hard sometimes and that pressure is never something I'm trying to apply but it's something that I am uh, triggered to self-impose and for reasons that uh, are both internal and influenced so the fact that some things have started to really work out in my favor just as other things are completely going wrong um, and the things going wrong are things like eBay orders and whatever you know like it's nothing consequential but there's enough static on the negative to keep me from thinking that I'm just joyriding life because I have a feeling that um, the way things all are falling into place for phase two to factu to actually and factually um, commence on Tuesday well there's too many preordained things lining up to fall exactly as they seemingly should for me not to recognize that all the momentum of purpose, fate, and destiny feel engaged. And these are just impossible foundational stones on which to believe that I am creating a new reality. I mean, seriously. It's just... I suppose finally time I got around to explaining why in <clears throat> the first recording of this group I had thought of life turning ironic on me as the thing I most wanted to communicate with the universe was how grounded in my faith, how 
content with my purpose, how enwrapped in destiny it all feels. For a guy that hasn't had any belief that that stuff can become that which most matters to you, how do you measure your faith in what you're doing, having purpose that in some synchronistic way has destiny written all over it? These are delusions. They have to be, right? You can't have this compulsion of order in a pool full of nonsensical terms like faith. <laughs> but I do keep circling back to all of these ways I'm remembering or being nudged toward that which I've always supposedly been here to do. And nothing of superheroic proportion of any kind. Maybe that was my whole challenge in life was to overcome my own super ego of, whoa, am I not really, really, really deserving of more of this? More than this at least? Or a lot? I mean, come on. Don't we? I mean, yeah, we all deserve something. But don't I deserve something, a lot of something? I don't know. I could see myself as the top of the pyramid, the king of the mountain, the sultan upon which all others are lesser. I mean, kind of. It wasn't, it wasn't that I could imagine being that sort of influence socially or politically or structurally even, but thinking I was the best among us, I'm pretty sure I could come up with that thought. But what does that mean you deserve, right? Where does that roll you into a land of shit and more shit? Because I never really thought I deserved anything. If anything, I thought probably others deserved more. Because I knew the mistakes I'd made, or I certainly was aware of the ways that I was weak. Hell, when I talk about needing to give the universe kindness, understanding, and forgiveness, one of the terrifically hard to counteract arguments as to why that's engaged is I'm sure that's what the universe wants to give back to me because probably I need it more than anybody else. I'll even concede that that argument isn't just valid, but it has merit. Because I don't want to live in a world where I'm not receiving kindness. Who does? Why do we want to live in a world where the default reaction is mistrust or aggression or apathy, disinterest? There are just 
too many signals we can return that are shutdown indicators. That receiving those, that level of risk, well, I always just thought maybe I'm weak. Maybe I just can't cowboy up when the circumstances roll against me. Maybe other people's reactions are valid and I'm in denial about what a dick fuck I am. All those are possible, right? Sure. How do I know that if I'm standing... Don't bark, Phoebe. Come on. That is nonsense next door. You don't need to get riled up. Go back to napping, doggy. Um, if I'm not taking into account the current reaction my actions will generate, well, I think that's a level of humanity and basic good-naturedness that I don't think I missed out on, but I have to reinforce now and again that it's always best. All right, I know this is going to turn into a bark charade, so we're going to bestly hit the pause button. Okay, well, the neighbor dog who has been left behind and keeps complaining about it, I believe Phoebe has understood she can do nothing about so... Not fearing a reaction from her. Let's see if I can remember where I was. Uh, yeah. If, if you're not available mentally in whatever you're about to do to consider the reaction that you should anticipate as much as possible, both good and bad, then you've missed out on... I think, a level of humanity. And I'm uh, absolutely culpable of this folly. And so, when I consider phase two, which I'm being intentionally obscure about, for good reason, because if it's a huge failure, I want to be able to gloss that over in ways that the internet can't contradict. I'm kidding. But I'm not going to expose my intent here because my intent is nothing other than everything I've stated so far. The delivery is going to change and need to be updated, I'm sure, in real time. So as I get stickier and stickier into that, obviously I'll be explaining how I'm tinkering with the process. But the process itself is simple, so there's no reason to even think about sharing anything until there's something to share. So with that caveat... Um, that doesn't mean that I don't need to have uh, devoted what mental energy is necessary in my estimation of how this should go to create ultimate comfort for anybody else who happens to be involved. And the person who will be involved on Tuesday is a specific person, my mom, which this is all just lined up in a pre orchestrated way or so it feels that this is the start date this is the way it's going to go down and this is the delivery method whereby this transition will be most comfortable for me I didn't force this but I sure do recognize that that's how it's working out 
So did I force this? Maybe. But if I did, I did it in a way that I can't receive that influence directly. I don't have <laughs> um, I don't have ways of knowing whether the dominoes in the universe are lining up because you walked to them correctly this time and the orientation is now perfectly aligned or because you've been lining them up behind your own back and finally they're ready to go and your turning around is all that it takes. I don't know. But I know that I'm there right now. So doing the work necessary to make this person comfortable is making me think about the whole process being comfortable. And this is work I hadn't put in, but I realized now it was critical pre-work. So again, until this was ready, anything I was going to do next was going to depend on me at least doing this immediately thereafter. So doing it before means I can't blame failure of day one on this. And then, uh, the disappearance of Lily, the appearance of my mother, this is all timed exactly uh, in ways that were predictable. So with those things in mind, it does sort of feel like the dice had been rolled and all I was doing was waiting to play my part correctly and not force myself, press things, make things happen on my agenda because I'm the only one I'm thinking about. When I started thinking about everybody else that's in play, everything rolls out as a time and schedule and order of event occurrence that even in a quick premonition makes sense, especially over the options that I was likely to, uh, to impose given uh, thoughts only about myself. So, having that quixotic opening of a non-real discussion about zilch, well, maybe it'd be better if I continue with uh, some updates uh, in this reality about my experience of it, the latest coincidental slash intended slash scripted slash who cares? They all mean the same thing. Outcomes of my life. Uh, and I guess what I'm trying to do about it. So maybe this is the appropriate time for a Lily update. But shouldn't Lily be here for an update? What do you think, Phoebe? Yeah, probably. Okay, so I'll not talk about Lily, which is for the best for everybody. Um, so work. Ugh, work talk. <sighs> 24 hours a week. 24 hours a week of work. Can I live in this universe on 24 hours of work at Home Depot? And if not Home Depot, can I work somewhere else with the same impact and enthusiasm that I bring to the Home Depot job and that it forces upon me? Can I bring that same energy and reaction return investment somewhere else for 24 hours a week and do it there? 24 hours a week or can I turn a style of life stream of income slash delivery of sustenance responsibility security to my life in another capacity that doesn't feel like work everyone's dream right 
Or can I find a way to work five to ten hours a week in something that's soul-suckingly hateful, but that sustains me in every other way financially? That selling out level, I could certainly start looking seriously at. So there's the first three models that come to mind of what work thoughts I have. I, uh, I find it very easy to stay enthusiastically engaged in what I'm doing at Home Depot. Just shocking, even to me. But I don't know why. I must have been involved with some level of retail slash warehousing of product in my past. I just enjoy it. Like I don't mind organizing a disorganized aisle of shit at Home Depot. It, it, that is maybe the worst thing I've ever admitted to life. That I'm okay with that level of activity. But it gives me time to think. The interruptions are always somebody who needs help. I can take and enjoy my rhythm of work break slash uh, um, need to engage variety at my will. Nobody comes and asks me how come this isn't done, this, 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 this. None of that shit happens. I don't know. But even with all those little slight, tiny, tiny, instantaneous momentary thoughts about advantageous work situationals, the uh, department supervisor for the garden department quit, which is great for him. But he was such an easy dude to get along with that that's all about to change. Because the one person and the only person willing to step up and ask for the job is going to get it because nobody else is there to ask for it. Well, that person is not going to have the same leadership style Ugh, but it really doesn't matter to me and that's something I would never have been able to be so blase with ever in life because I would have thought that in this disruption model these are disruptions that matter to everybody and I better take this seriously that I'm being disrupted too yeah a little bit I mean, in terms of oversight, I work harder than anybody else. So what are they going to tell me to work harder? No. Uh, I do a better job than anybody else in the department at what I do. And so I get that task because nobody else wants to do it. So I'll keep getting that task because nobody else wants to do it. And I've been able to dictate my hours pretty much through management just by assigning availability to them and asking if they would like to use me. I don't see that conduit going away. So the only thing that's going to happen is I'm going to see more oversight by somebody who does a worse job than I do. So I might have to deal with those feelings of, dude, you don't even fucking work where the shit around here. But I kind of had that feeling about the last guy, but I liked him. And I don't really like this person. I don't dislike them. I don't dislike anybody. But there's nothing so far about her that's admirable. What I see is somebody who shouldn't be working at Home Depot and has other 
ideas about what her life should be about, who's denying herself the opportunity to do that, and subsequently has now taken a job at Home Depot. She's smart and savvy enough to just wander her way up the chain, but she's going to hate the job. I could tell her that straight up if she asked me the question. I could give her five reasons she will. But she's inevitably going to take it or she's going to quit, so she might as well take it. Get disillusioned and quit. That's how I feel about it. So the problem is, if I really think that, or that she should quit now and go pursue her dreams, is what I really think. Whatever that dream is, which I have no freaking clue, who cares? But it's there, you can see it. Hell, she sleeps in the break room. And maybe it's drugs, and if it's drugs, then she should go pursue her dream and either get off drugs or get really on them, but one or the other. However, she shouldn't be working at Home Depot. But taking this job means she'll learn that lesson just like I did. And if she ever comes back, maybe she'll come back with purpose like I did, and then she'll be able to handle the workload at a level at which she enjoys it like I do. Those thoughts need to dominate the next whatever period of time in my life. And again, if those thoughts start to lose tread, well, it's time for me to go. And I'll know that. So at least works offering me some black and white. It's not a gray situation. And I believe that I need that from my workplace. I need that more than anything now. I need to know I'm in black and white. Being misunderstood at work has led to a lot of chaos in my life. And me understanding my place in the workplace has been a catalyst to some of that chaos. I'm 100% on board with those ideas. So what do I want from work? I want a healthy relationship. <laughs> I want something where there's no doubt it's a win-win. And I'm not asking for much because I need to be able to live on basic sustenance for myself, my pets, my current housing situation, food, and energy. That's it. I don't ask for anything else. And in return, I give you whatever number of hours a week we can negotiate it down to value in return with a good mood good attitude and a good effect so I don't want that to be 40 hours a week I want it to be 20 I want it to be 11 but it probably needs to be 30 I'm realistic I understand I can't waltz my way through the universe but I also don't want to give my life away to work so negotiate we will for now I need to I need to see what 24 hours a week at Home Depot feels like on the receiving end. I feel there will be a little bit of slap to the face with the amount of concessions that forces, but I don't watch TV. I don't need any of that stuff. I do need internet, but I hate having it only on my phone. I also hate having it on my phone. So clearly there's another war. I'm fighting that technology war with what to do about being addicted to the internet and it being a useful tool simultaneously. It's weird to be addicted to something that's actually useful and has purpose. At least drugs give you the declarative response of, well, they're costly and they're definitely affecting my sleep. I don't know, drugs offer a lot too. This is not about drugs. This isn't even about um, feeling up or down, or is it? Is it? No. But it's feeling in or out. 
Yeah, <laughs> not that inner out, but the other inside or outside the group. Inside or outside the quote unquote no. Are you in the no? But that's too much hubris. I'm sure some of you have it all figured out. Hell, I'm sure some of you are thousands of years old, are aware of it, and are, for whatever reason, clinging to that legacy of time and direction in this universe of existence. Boy, if I'm speaking to any of you, I'm curious why. Would you want that? Maybe there's some extension of time that you experience that doesn't make day after day after day become ultimately purposeless. But how does it not? How do you go through a cycle where so many of the things you come to know are gone? How do you not just not care anymore? The idea that time is there at least is comforting in giving everything you do purpose. If there wasn't a finite number of seconds to experience, would every second feel valuable? How could it? But there'd be no dread of missing out of not knowing, of having overlooked or been absent the day something critical was shared. Well, I can't say that people, well, can I? Nobody ever threw God in my face, ever. Nobody ever told me that religion was the way. Nobody ever even tried to get me to believe in all that stuff. And whenever I asked about it, I was told God doesn't exist. So the influence in my life toward the idea that religion had purpose was absent from day one. So I can't claim to have, um, to in some way or another have denied the indoctrination, to have stifled the messaging, to have given up on the concepts that were so full of holes and Swiss cheese. I did things like go with friends to Sunday school. I did these things twice. Once with a friend who lived on the other side who I barely saw. As a matter of fact, in retrospect, this must have been her initiation to make sure that I got in front of um, some time in the church because um... I rarely saw these people. It was weird that we did this, and I never did it again. And then the other time was with a similar friend who was much closer to home, went to school with this kid, but rarely saw him. And his house was full of the accoutrement uh, that I would now uh, associate with a devout Christian. And we went to Sunday school together and a service afterward that was a kid's service, like all the kids went to service. And all the parents came too. But it was a small thing, like we were in the second or third row. 
and we opened the Bible and read some stuff and uh, said some stuff and sang a song or two. And I was always, you know, very uncomfortable. Plus, I was wearing uncomfortable clothes. Um, make me go to church in fucking uncomfortable clothes. That's number one reason I'm not going. But those are my two experiences with Sunday school. And I did go to a service with my parents one time. My mom, I think, made us all go to, I believe it was Christmas Eve, but it could have been Easter. Um, it was an evening service for sure because we all got kind of dressed up to go. I remember I was in this, again, a very uncomfortable shirt and a, a wool jacket. Oh, fuck, I hated that. Driving home the whole time, all I did was try to stay as still as I could in the back seat so that the clothes didn't move on me. And, um, uh, and it, I mean, it was, it was innocuous. I barely remember it. I remember the drive home a hell of a lot more than I remember anything else about it. So, and I, and there was a there were a couple Catholic schools of influence that entered my educational level. One was in the neighborhood in my elementary school. There was a place called Christ the King, and about three of the kids I knew went there. And it was it was sort of like the private school that was four blocks away. About three of the kids I knew went there, knew well, and knew them through sports. That's how you knew the kids in other schools. You played little league with them. Well, um, that group came together, the private school kids, really it was high school when we all came together, but it was junior high when the Christ the King kids came together with us. And uh, so they would tell us some things that were different about what they'd done in their education, you know, how they had some prayer in class and other things that were uniquely different, but we said the Pledge of Allegiance every day. We didn't pray to God, we prayed to the flag. And uh, I didn't know this at the time. I didn't even have that thought. But I, uh, I'm i not saying there weren't programming elements or uh, indoctrination elements that were common, just uniquely different because of who was, where, when, how they were indoctrinating. Um, anyway, I'm not even sure why I'm talking about all this. But the point of thinking through these deeper concepts has to be front of my head because part of what I'm exposing on Tuesday is the opportunity for others to speak to me on that level and if I haven't pondered recently my thought and experience level in regards to some of these I don't know more delicate and more un hinged issues. In other words, everybody kind of has their opinion. Everybody kind of respects that that's the way this is going to be probably forever. So what do, you, what do you do there? Well, you bring a lot of respect. And so do other people. I'm not implying this is a place where the uh, tender openness is potentially mocked. It really isn't. But tender openness is also a place, I, you know, I better be prepared to, to wander. Um, and so... This is a, some of the work I hadn't done. I hadn't even considered how to how to push forward to people my intent. That's not an easy one to come up with either. I mean, at least now I've got thoughts. Now I've got a model. It may be poor, but it's one I can say I didn't come up with the day of. And it's a model that 53 years of living <laughs> is reinforcing. So don't think it wasn't 
on my mind. But it needed to be a little more um, tangent. <laughs> tangent? It needed to be a little more tangible before I got my mom involved. And I hadn't put anything really down on paper that would show some organized, directed thought. And she'll want that. <laughs> and I could show her a lot of disorganized thought, but oh, I save that for these recordings. Um, and I'm not... And, and I needed to do this. Like, this isn't... Well, you know, my mom's coming over, so I better clean the fucking bathroom. Although, my mom's coming over, so I better clean the fucking bathroom. <laughs> but... Uh, I needed to figure out how to offer my next level of intent to the people who most likely initially at least would be courageous enough to respond and therefore the other trigger that's active here is that of uncertainty. I'm always uncertain about everything I do to a level of at least 1% uncertain. And however I look at my level of uncertainty here, I'm not uncertain that I might have missed something going in that I wish I had thought of going away. My uncertainty here is, am I too late? And does it even matter? Are we too far removed from our ascension potential to have it realized? And Obviously, I don't believe that, or I wouldn't be doing this. But I, uh, I'm uncertain that I didn't overlook too many opportunities to find my real self. And um, just found it easier not to. It was, it was hard to believe I don't I don't mean to get emotional it was difficult to come to know how much how much I had dismissed the value of something like self-love. I felt like a very loving person to everything in the universe. Uh, but I never knew how to give that emotional context I never knew how to give that to myself. And I think I do. At this point, I think I do. So, 
Um, and this is stuff. This is a large part of what I, I am driven by. saw the world differently all of a sudden how I got to become a new person in situations that even I didn't recognize I don't know what happened I don't know what all this emotional baggage apparently I'm still extenuating from guilt and shame from previous actions is I really don't but I know that the path to recovery isn't something that I haven't felt I needed my whole life. I just didn't know that the path to recovery was going to come from within. And I looked so far and wide for anybody to explain all these disconnects. And it, uh, I don't know why the universe decided it was time for me to understand so I would add because <laughs> I know <laughs> uncertainty how much misunderstanding and frankly dissociative thought is happening now and it's overwhelming I mean you can see you can't but you can hear it this isn't right we aren't even being given opportunities on which to find things out. We are being denied, we are being mishandled, and we are being pushed into places that we all know something's wrong. And if anything else, well, phase two will give me a chance for other people to help me understand that. Just like, I probably need to blow my nose here. Okay, so... So yeah, phase two is a win-win. And for anybody who's concerned that my ease of falling into a blubbering abyss is, um, is some level of depression, well, okay, I'll concede that I, I am curious how I get so wrapped in melancholy emotion because I've never been more happy in my life never been more happy in the moment I've never felt more uh, 
engaged with my emotional side. I've never felt more connected to my sense of why I'm here, what I'm doing, and how I'm getting through a day. I do not have thoughts of anything but love and kindness. And I, uh, and yet I experience these breakdowns. They get triggered over a number of things. It's almost always something where I feel potential not realized. I feel a loss of some level of, I, I don't know, opportunity missed. It's just, and it, it and I'm, I find make that all a subconscious return on a self-evaluation that reveals who I truly am. I've gone down that road. I expectedly have gone down that road and come up empty. So <laughs> I do not consider myself depressed anymore because neither have I ever um, felt ill-equipped to be happy or unhappy. In fact, at this point, I feel the happiest I've ever imagined myself to be. So the fact that the melancholy waves haven't ceased, or at least subsisted, because they're certainly accelerating, well, that little trigger has led me to believe a whole bunch of other shit. <laughs> Most of which I haven't shared, because that stuff's a little kooky. And, uh, I've already said some cookie shit. I'm already asking for some faith and understanding and forgiveness. And I am incrementally unveiling some of my realization parameters that even I don't know what they mean. But who does, right? We're all swimming upstream against a current that we're not supposed to understand its influence and certainly not its source. I'm quite trying to think that I have a right to the answers there. I don't even know if I'm asking questions that are appropriate. So I do know where to put my energy though because the universe slapped me upside the head and said, are you kidding me? What are we waiting for here? And I said, well, I need to do some laundry. And they said, fuck off, get to it. And on Tuesday, well, I guess I'll be getting to it and fucking off with my mother. Like most people, that makes me nervous, but I, uh, I know this is right, and I look forward to it. <laughs> Hell, I really look forward to it, and uh, I wouldn't be doing it if I, doesn't, if I didn't. Now, what we're going to do is a little uncertain, because, as always, I'm behind. Got some shit to figure out, some shit to write down. <laughs> And I got a dog to walk, and I got dinner to make. Real life is real life. And uh, mine's newly fulfilling. Well, not newly, but give it a reverse order, and all the good stuff's at the front. And I recognize that. I'm well aware that I wouldn't trade the route getting here for the disruptive hurdles overcome to actually achieve a sense of balance, a sense of purpose, and a reason to believe I'm happier and more engaged with who I really am than I've ever been. So, if that all means I'm depressed, god damn. I'm glad I'm depressed. <laughs> <laughs>